0: Hello, welcome to this week's edition of the pinking.com Norwich City podcast. The season should have been over. Norwich should have been playing at the Etihad on Sunday, hopefully uh, finishing against Manchester City and, and finishing well. Who knows? In, in some parallel universe, they may uh, may well have secured the uh, the little miracle that Daniel Farquhar has spoken about. But lockdown continues. We're into the 10th week of no football. We've got loads to catch up on though, since we've last spoken, Stuart Weber and Grant Hanley have both been speaking extensively about Project Restart, so we'll uh, go over the key lines from that. This week we've also got Paul Stanley from the German Canaries joining us to give us a bit of a feel for how the Bundesliga's return has been greeted over there, and as it's our 400th episode, it's inappropriate that we caught up with the one and only Pink and Pink, so will be joining us very shortly. Uh, Chris Lakey is alongside us as well. Chris, how are you doing?
1: I'm all right, but I do apologise because
0: I think the RAF are yeah,
1: practising outside in Always their aeroplanes.
0: Always helpful. It's very
1: noisy here, but uh, yeah, very good, thank you. Um, you took my breath away there. Ten, not the haircut, 10 weeks. I didn't realise <laughs> that's a hell of a long time, isn't it? 10 weeks. Um, yeah, wow. That's, does, uh, that's sort of that stumped me a little bit. Again, not as much as your haircut has
0: it feels it now yeah yeah well haircut feels a bit different as well yeah check out my twitter page if you're wondering what this is talking about the i uh, allowed the girlfriend to attempt a haircut it didn't go well so it's been shaved off although i i have shaved my head in the past so it's not not the first time but it, it looks a little bit severe this morning and paul come come in germany how, how, how are things with you
2: yeah, things are good over here. We're um, we're slowly coming out of lockdown over here, b- being able to do a bit more, um, get out and about more. So um, yeah, we're good as far as it goes.
0: Okay, so um, I suppose the the first question. Well, just a, a little bit about yourselves and the German Canaries, actually. First, how, how long has the um, supporters group been been running?
2: We were actually formed in two thousand and two, so we're one of the older groups. Um, we normally have a We've got about 20, 30 members, depending on how things are. And um, every year we come over for a trip to Curra Road, of course, with with a lot of Germans in the squad now. There's a lot of interest as well in the Premier League. And we also try to get... They've been on pre-season tour to Germany a few times, and we obviously try to get to see them there. Um, And in fact, our last trip to... uh, to Carrow Road or to Norwich was the Southampton game which was the game that then got called off um so I didn't join that that weekend I saw it uh, saw it coming a bit but uh several of our members were there and um enjoyed one of the last open weekends in Norwich
0: yeah so you're coming up on 20 years as, as a supporters group then
2: absolutely um, and- yeah.
0: And Pete Raven has joined us. I'm pleased to say I'm not the only one who's had a buzz cut in lockdown. <laughs> you'll, suit, you'll suit you, Dave.
3: Mine's um, yeah. Well, it was a bit more severe than I wanted. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it always does look quite severe at the first couple of days, but it, it's, it, it'll look all right. Um, but yeah, we've just been been catching up with Paul um, about the German Canary. So, so, Paul, where are you? Where are you? I mean, we we met you in pre-season. It was at. Um, uh, Lipstad's ground wasn't it where we bumped into you
2: yeah that's right the yeah. um an, an early pre-season game there um yeah I'm based in I live in St Augustine uh which is near Bonn between Bonn and Cologne and uh, I work in Cologne normally so um yeah that's where I'm based
0: so, who's your sort of closest uh major team
2: uh FC oh, Cologne, Cologne yeah. uh the the nearest one um I've also got a few links to Borussia Dortmund, a few people I know there, so uh, they're also one of my more favourite teams.
0: Kelowna, top flight at the moment as well, are they?
2: Yeah, they came up uh, last year and they've made a a decent job of it now after a a poor early start, so um, they drew 2-2 on Saturday.
0: what's your what's your read on it all been then I mean just to, to let the listeners know Paul's got a meeting shortly so he's just going to be with us sort of the first half of the pod so we're just going to really get stuck into the German football side of things first but how, what's the sort of um, vibe over there and I think some fans have been a, a sort of opposed to the restart haven't they but has it sort of been greeted after this weekend
2: yeah I mean I think generally I mean there is the mixed opinion, as probably there is in the UK, or maybe even more so in the UK. I think there is a, a fraction that says, um, you know, football without fans just isn't the, isn't isn't it, and isn't the same. And I think um, you know, everyone can see when you watch uh, a game, as we saw at the weekend, that it isn't the same. There is something clearly missing. Um, but on the other hand, uh, there are there are enough there that say, on the one hand, well, it is a business as well and um, we all need to get back to work somehow or other and um that except that we at least need to try to find a a sporting solution to end the season and um and i think generally it was seen as a a positive s- start uh, at the weekend to or restart even though there are obviously some some very strange elements to it
0: <laughs> yeah uh, Pete, did you take in any of the German football or are you sort of not quite ready for it yet? Yeah, well, well funnily enough,
3: um, Cologne's our team as well. Um, basically, me and my mates went out there a few years ago for a stag do, um, went to the, the game and then afterwards a couple of Cologne fans started talking to us. They heard we were talking in English and then we struck up a, a friendship. We've been over there a few times. Um, they've come over here and watched Norwich City play. Um in fact, we went to the last um, game that had fans, which I believe was uh, uh, um Paderborn. I think that the following game was was behind closed doors before the break, and Paul can correct me if I'm wrong. but um, So, yeah, Cologne was our team, and we watched it on Sunday. Um, it, it's odd. It's um, I guess that's, it had that sort of pre-season-friendly feel to it, but with a bit more interest in that it was actually a competitive game. Um, for me, the main thing was the more the social element, like, even in lockdown, but getting together with all my mates. that We all watched it on like Zoom. And um it just reminded me of the time when at Norris City when we were under Chris Houghton and Glenn Roeder, where the only interesting thing about going to football was seeing your friends rather okay. than the game. Well, so you had but a chat it, it was, the game. It, it was yeah, yeah. We are just okay. the whole game is but it, it's weird because especially in the Bundesliga of German football where the fans are they make the game. I mean I've been stood in those terraces with flares going off and drums and that's what it's about but you then got the other side where well if we wait until fans can come back there won't be any clubs in existence because it'll be so long it's just, it was strange Um, I will do it again this, because I think Cologne are playing at five on Sunday this this weekend so I'll be watching that
0: again but it's it was unusual, Um, I didn't like it. (laughs) Yeah, it was unusual I played an absolute blinder I I was going to watch Dortmund um, against Schalke which, of course, finished 4-0. But instead, I thought, now let's see how Dennis Schabeni's doing, as you can watch it on BT. Um, So my first game in 10 weeks was a 0-0 draw between struggling sides Stusseldorf and Paderborn, uh, which was great. Uh, Shabeni played, uh, I think it was 73 minutes, didn't really get any chance of note. Um, he was pretty isolated up front. Uh, Philip Heiser did play on Sunday, though, didn't even the second tier. Nuremberg lost 1-0 at St. Pauli. He came on. About five minutes, they were uh, already down to 10 men. They ended up losing 1-0. Um, but, Paul, you were saying to me on uh, Twitter, there is a, an- another couple of links, of course, isn't there? Um, Dario Dummich, who um, came through the academy system, and, and Marcel Franca didn't play there this weekend, did he?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, Dario was, uh, is playing for Darmstadt this year and was at Tresden last year. I think he played most of the game, although Darmstadt lost at uh, Car but he's been, he's actually he's, um, I think under contract to Utrecht but he's been out in Germany the last uh, one and a half seasons and um, yeah Marcel's Frank's uh, game for Hanover, that's quite interesting, that yeah. was actually cancelled because obviously Dresden who they were due to play have had two um, infections and um, their local health authority decided that the whole team needed to go into quarantine so they uh, won't didn't couldn't play last weekend and also won't be playing next weekend, um, which is the only setback at least that they've been in that they've had in the first in the top two uh, divisions so far.
0: Um, Chris, did you take any of it in? I, I don't know if you've got BT of you. I did have until last week when
1: I oh. um, moved them on um, uh, a little bit before the Chinese supermarket called. Um, <laughs> You know, I've watched enough grassroots football, and I mean the real dirty grassroots football, you know, where you put up your own nets and that sort of thing. Um, Not to bother if there's a crowd or not. It doesn't matter to me, really. I I do get the thing about the atmosphere. It does change things, but I can quite happily watch a game of football without any fans being there. It's just a game of football. It's the same thing. It didn't remind me of pre-season, as Pete said. It's slightly different. It reminded me of the first game of the season. Because I always think the first game of the season is very different from the 10th and the 20th and the 30th. That's Um, what Gunny said uh, after
0: the 7-1 to Colchester.
1: (laughs) Did he? (laughs) The 10th one went in, the 20th one went in. Um, What I was (laughs) rather interested in was when a goal did go in, hearing how much noise was made. And in some games, there was a hell of a lot of noise. Um, but I would very much like to have seen a little bit more news coverage because I wanted to see who was where and what was outside. I wanted to see the people. I wanted to see the 300 or whatever it takes to constitute a game. Now, I may have missed that because
0: I was buying tofu or whatever it was, noodles or something. I didn't or other. see anything of that. I mean, I think no. They... that's what I mean. I, I wanted to know that. Mm. Um, there wasn't any trouble with fans outside the ground, I was, was going to
1: say, I was quite pleased to hear, and Paul would probably know a bit more, but being very close to it, you, you see the different angle of the news. It, it seemed that there weren't fans outside. I, I don't see that as a major issue, to be honest with you, if you police it properly. Um, I mean, when Norwich play at home, honestly, all you got to do is stick a couple of barriers up. And once somebody sees a barrier, oh. They stop. Mm. They don't go round it even. You know, Norwich fans are pretty well behaved, aren't they? So, and yeah. they are very well behaved. So uh, I, I don't see that as being an issue. There will be one or two.
0: Yeah, Liverpool and Leeds are going to be the, the big potential flashpoints in that those terms, aren't they? But, yeah. but Paul, yeah, everyone seems to have been well behaved. and I think, Similar to the noise we've heard over here, it's sort of 200 to 300 uh, people involved. There were media and journalists there, but they were restricted in numbers, that kind of thing
2: yeah there's um i think there's a very strict definition of who of who can be in the stadium and who can be if you like within the the realms of the pitch who can be on the stands mostly journalists and a few others and then some stewards outside and it does go up to a maximum of 300 that's very, uh, very organized, as you would expect over here. And um, and there was certainly no trouble with f- groups of fans trying to to get anywhere near the ground. Any any celebration you heard was from those, you know, the, f- the few people um, associated with the teams within the ground. And, um, yeah, I, I did feel that there was a bit of preseason about it. Um, but... Um, I think generally you could see they weren't all fit around 75 minutes. The games deteriorated, but it was very much Bundesliga football, but just without the fans around the side, the quality was similar. um, And the teams that were good beforehand were still good now. And, um, you know, um, yeah. So that was my take on it. I think I, I, you know, you have to get used to it. But um, I think the um, that it was a as good a start as you could hope for.
0: Yeah, I, I found it quite engaging still. I, it goes without saying it, it's an inferior product without the fans, but I still managed to sort of consume it and find it reasonably entertaining. I mean, there, it was, there was novelty value to it as well, wasn't there, in terms of um, the, the game that I said that about, uh, that, that I watched. Um, Dusseldorf hit the post hit the bar and when you hear the rattle um, of the post and when you hear uh, a player thumping the ball and things like that, or that there was one point where one of the players got a, a ball absolutely thumped into his thigh and you could really feel it it felt like you were maybe a, a little bit closer to the action a little, a little bit more engrossed in it maybe maybe that was just my sort of enthusiasm because I haven't watched much football but also I, I felt Pete, I don't know if you, you felt this as well, but I felt like the players were, were maybe better behaved and largely weren't really getting too close to the to the referee. They're, you know, they're not supposed to be spitting and things like that, are they?
3: Yeah, it was it was very well behaved in that sense. I mean, I think Paul's right in that you could tell with like 20 minutes to go that players are starting to flag. It's like, that's going to be the difficulty when it starts again over here. Teams are going to have to hit the ground running. There's no pre-season. Um, they have been in what two months now with no training as a squad. It's, it's a long break for them. It's And I guess going back to the, the, the not being no fans outside the ground, it's probably because they're all at home watching the game. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, quite. The, 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 real, the real test will be when there's a game that actually decides something, like when Liverpool can win the title The Leeds can go up. Because I, I remember when Norwich went up at Sunday I think, and there was a reserve game at Cow Road yeah. and everyone flocked there.
0: Yeah, let everyone in
3: just just because as a celebration for everyone, that's when there'll be a test But I think the first few weeks they'll just, the, the grounds will be empty and like everyone will be at home watching it and whatever provider is going to screen every game I imagine it'll be Sky and everyone will get a subscription,
0: we'll have to yeah there's a bit of talk about maybe the BBC might get to show some games free to air on live television but we're literally talking about five, um, BT and Sky will dominate it and maybe Amazon Prime will have some as well Heiser was interesting as well actually I hadn't noticed the substitute element of it had actually gone through I'd heard talk about it but five substitutes being allowed Heiser was the fifth substitute um, for Nuremberg but um, they are restricted to being brought on in three groups so those extra two substitutes you can't then use you know in the 91st and 93rd minute to break up play you've basically got to make two double substitutions so I think that that's quite a a clever way of overcoming that problem because people would use it wouldn't they Chris yeah it's been used as a
1: tactic for, for a long time hugely frustrating for fans hugely fr- frustrating for the other team and something that I think football could have sorted a long long time ago mm. um, It's just one of the things they chose to ignore for some reason I guess you know there's a concern about genuinely injured players in the 90th minute and your team's winning 2-1 and you're no, is he feigning injury or is he not? You have to be careful. But, yeah, I think it's good to see. And it's good to see that it uh, it seemed to work properly. As long as okay. so you've got enough subs.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and they had nine subs as well, actually, in, in the game as well. So, it, it's going to be, you know, very slightly different. But, um before, uh, Paul, before we let you go, um, just to sort of get your thoughts on the, on the Norwich situation, I guess you, you're sort of largely used to having to, to watch them from a distance. So you, you, I'm sure you'll just be as keen as, as all Norwich fans to see them see them back in action. But um you sort of on board with, with Project Restart, as, as it were?
2: I think generally, yes. I mean, having followed it, uh here in germany with the bundesliga i think it um it sh- has shown it can work um but it is also obviously very dependent on the situation in the in the country itself and i know things um you know uh, germany's a bit ahead in development or the timings on the uh on the virus and and where th- and, britain has been affected more um so you really do have to look at the environment and the country you're in as to how well it could work but certainly you know two or three weeks ago the um the bundesliga teams were starting to come back and doing this small group training without contact that i think the premier league is starting to look at for next week and um if they can can build up and continue in the way and set the rules um similar to the bundesliga that they feel are right for them then yeah i think it it can work and it's um we have to really make the the best of the situation and um you can't have everything as it as it should be unfortunately at the moment so yeah i would look forward to a start but obviously only if it's as safe as it can be as uh, as possible or as any in any other walk of life um once they do start up
0: yeah well said well top man thank you very much for joining us um we'll, we'll let you thank get cheers. off to your meeting and um yeah. hopefully you'll be able to get over to england to watch Norwich again at, at, at some point yeah. i guess this year may maybe isn't looking too optimistic but um hopefully we'll uh at least see you for pre-season in 2021
2: <laughs> yeah hopefully i would look forward to it thanks for letting me join and enjoy your chat
0: thanks top man. Thank you look yourself. Thank thank you. Bye, If we carry on then chaps um we've had plenty to get our teeth into haven't we but um i just wanted to quickly take a step back because it is our 400th uh, edition of the podcast um so i mean pete we sort of trialed the initial pod didn't we when i was still at uni went yeah through football fan cast and then i th- I, I guess you co- you both were sort of the uh, would you have been on the on the very first episode formal episode you was the host yeah and i was yeah. the guest i believe
3: <laughs> it, i believe it was following the wickham Game at the start of two thousand and ten, maybe. Right. Memory serves. What, the five well, two game, that one. I'm not. It was one around New Year's. It because I'm sure we started in the New Year and we did it on an old video camera and just took the audio out. All very uh, te- high tech. <laughs> that was when we used to put the uh, the
1: um, something on top of a load of old telephone directories. Which for those <laughs> of you who don't know what they Probably, are, yeah, they've got lots of telephone numbers of people in them. Um, and we used to do it in a corner, room around the corner. Or something, yeah, and people yeah.
0: people would say, what on earth are they doing? <laughs> a podcast? What's that? A so 2009-10. Yeah, we, we were a little bit ahead of the game with it. And yeah. here we are, I still think, going strong.
1: I think that was the first video that our company ever did, Pete.
0: Prob- yeah, more than likely. It's
1: the first Pioneers, video that and ever did. Pioneers.
0: I, I always remember the video you two did when you went to locations <laughs> of... Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, ground uh, names. Yeah, like you went to Holt Road and things like that, didn't you? We went to Scunthorpe and changed it to Scunthorpe.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I've got on my laptop somewhere, I got into a giggling fit, as you would coming out of a toilet.
3: Yeah, and that was the Ipswich. Coming
1: out of a loo.
3: We had to find um, the Portaloo, yeah. didn't we, for Ipswich? The <laughs>
1: We, we stopped at some building company and said, yeah. Have you got a portal we could use, please? And they said what for? He said, We're videoing. He said, What?
0: <laughs> yeah, head, head into the portal, these lads. <laughs> yeah,
1: off you go, chaps.
0: Well, um that <laughs> but yeah, we're we're still going strong. Um, thank you very much for sort of sticking with us over the years um we uh, should also mention our, our former colleague michael bailey of course played a, a major part in, in hosting the pod for for a lot of years um and um i think we all still really enjoy doing it so i, I hope you enjoy listening to it but let's get back to project restart and stuart weathers comments which certainly traveled certainly made it to yorkshire um lots <laughs> of very sensible talk from stuart about um about the restart essentially saying that um you know that They need to restart. The club wants to restart, have never been opposed to it. Um, Obviously, a lot of work still needs to be done in terms of the safety issues. But he kind of moved the agenda on a bit, didn't he, Pete, in terms of saying that he saw that it could only be fair on clubs being relegated from the Premier League if clubs from the Championship also completed their season. And that understandably hasn't (laughs) gone down well with with, with a certain group of people. But well, are
3: Leeds fans thinking they're going to be bottle jobs again? <laughs> is that what it is? Couldn't but, possibly come in. I mean, he, he's right. It's it, You can't move the goalposts between the divisions. But on the other hand, if you then ask Championship to restart, do they then ask League One to restart and domino effect all the way down? Where does it stop? Mm. Um, I know the EPL and Football League are two different beasts, and it may be a case of like, everything below that. It's just going to stop as it is but the premier league is all about the money they've got to finish these games um but no uh, to a certain extent i agree that it's only fair that the set of rules i know they've changed anyway and whatever's going to happen but between divisions it, it should be that you both do the same thing but then where does it stop do we then go down to
0: like king's Lynn and divisions that have already decided at the end of the season this is kind of muddying the waters isn't it i mean yesterday yeah. we've seen scottish premiership has now been cancelled the League Two clubs have voted to finish on a weighted points per game, although that's still got to be ratified by, by the EFL. So you have got leagues doing different things. Of course, in, we've seen it in Europe. You know, Belgium and Holland have finished. France has finished. Um, but as we've just been talking about, Germany are back underway. So um, it is a little bit of a confusing time. Um, it, Gary Nebel actually said to, to him, oh, you're going to be popular in Leeds. And Stuart <laughs> went public with his uh uh, that, that he supports Leeds which is something that we've sort of known about him for a little while but you know it's not not our business to share um who he supports but he he decided that that was the time to uh, sort of admit that he was a he was a proper Leeds fan um, but in, in general Chris what did what did you make of his words he he always seems to make plenty of headlines and I almost wondered how calculated that sort of releasing that line about the championship was almost trying to to change the de- debate a little bit because he really he really understands communication, doesn't he? Norwich fans have seen that in the years that he's been at the club, which is, what, three years now, that he, he is a very talented communicator, isn't he? He's
1: uh, hugely honest. That's what I like about him. He, he doesn't pull any punches. I, I have a feeling that, that that was a very cathartic exercise. Uh, he definitely wanted yeah. to get something off his chest. Um, I don't know him particularly well, but I like listening to him because... He has a job to do. I mean, he's pointed this out quite a lot. Look, he's looking after Norwich City. It would be a bit daft if he didn't look after Norwich City's interests. But I think there is a, an attitude of fairness, and he's a reasonable uh, person when it comes to you know this situation with the, the championship clubs coming up. But you, know, you can sort of sympathise with him. Pete makes a really good point. But you can sympathise with him, saying, well, if we've got to play to try and survive, you should try and play to, to take our place, and it, it's a it's a very coveted position Norwich City have, despite the fact they're bottom. The, you know, being a Premier League team is, is hugely coveted, which is why Leeds are, are, are reacting like they are. Um, the problem is that the further you go down the 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 league ladder, and we do go down to Kings Lynn's level, that's where it stops. Um, the National League North and the the uh, the sort of sister league south, teams, the further down the level, can't play games because they'll lose so much money. Yeah. You know, because what is the point of Kingsley playing in front of a, 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 an empty stadium? It's going to cost them an absolute fortune to do that. And clubs outside of the Premier League generally don't have much money. Mm. Um. So, and I do think if you're saying, look, let's be fair, let's play out our seasons, we will do if you do, well, you, you you stop at the championship because I don't think there are. I, I would imagine there are League One clubs that will say, "Oh, this is going to cost us a fortune." League Two, that's why they've done it, because League Two clubs would have said, "No, if we if we have to play, that's it. We're broke."
0: And League and Two have are, a, have a little bit of wriggle room in terms of League One being a team down because of Berry already, don't they? And, um, that that can be room them.
1: but again you see if if Norwich again if if Norwich are going to be relegated and play their games why are Stevenage not going to be relegated by not playing their games mm. so you know to me that's a bit odd I, I've that there is no completely fair system of no. finishing all this I think the points per game thing is the fairest of the unfair if you like but that's further down I'm, I'm I'm hugely reluctant about this, the, the the Premier League finishing from a purely health point of view, nothing else. I understand completely why they want to, why wouldn't they want to, uh, if it's okay, health wise, I'd be all for it. Just I'm nervous about it. Cause we all should be, cause none of us knows the answer, but um, just, just you've got to have a uniformity and I don't think you can have that u- uniformity Um but the one thing I don't want to see, and I've, I've said this every time, I'm not going to stop saying it: you can't scrap results. You can't do what Scotland done. That's ludicrous. Oh, sorry, no, no, not Scotland. Pick apart and You can't do what the lower leagues have done, steps oh, three I to see. seven, and yeah. just scrap everything. Absolutely ludicrous. What Scotland did, they said we can't play on. This is what we're going to do. Fair enough.
0: Not this far into the season. Yeah, you've you, you, enough of the enough water has passed under the bridge, but. In Scotland, um, Hearts are finished bottom, so that means Stephen Naismith uh, potentially being relegated. But they are. Oh, went well, well, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it was going well when he was on loan. Then his contract mm-hmm. expired. He went there. He signed for them permanently eventually, and, and then he's had injury problems, hasn't he? So, um, but they they are challenging it legally, so that's not necessarily. Yeah. Finished yet? Um, this another is, element in Scotland. Sorry, sorry, Pete just finished. Uh, uh, Akin for who was on loan from Norwich, he was at St. Mir, and they they finished ninth. Um, sorry, Pete.
3: I think this is the issue you're going to get in the if the championship does finish, the team in third will be. Well, hang on a minute, oh, there's you. still nine games to go. But I, I guess probably at the same stage last season, the top two weren't the top two that finished, and because there's so much money involved, they call the playoff final like the 100 million pound game, whatever it is. If you if you're in third and they think right that's the end of the season, well no it isn't. The, the, there's going to be legal challenges. So, mm. but again you can championship clubs afford to play games in front of
0: empty stadiums? Yeah, I think well, once you get I, to I the think top end, the further of, you
1: go down that table, the, the more difficult yeah. it's going to be.
0: The for, top for end, for end of League One is when you start to get some of the bigger clubs. Only you? you've got your Southampton, uh, sorry, your Sunderland, your Portsmouth, uh, your Ipswiches. Um, who, you know, have got uh, who are bigger and they are, you know, still chasing promotion and they're going to go after it. But also in League One, you've got clubs like Accrington and Rochdale, haven't you, who aren't going to be um, as keen to get going because they're mid-table. And it could cost them money. So but this was always going to be the case. I remember from minute one when the suspension was confirmed, me and Paddy did a Facebook Live uh, video and when we were still out in the office all those weeks ago. And um, at that time, we were saying you're never going to get all clubs to agree on everything because there is competing yeah. interest. And I think yeah, uh, Weber wasn't the only one this week. I think the, the Watford Chief Executive Chairman, the Brighton Chairman have, have said, well, of course, we've got self interest involved in this. We're, Stuart Weber is doing what is best for Norwich City. And of course, he will do. Paul Barber will do the best for Brighton. That's, that's just how it goes. Then it was sort of it sort of moved on as well, isn't it? In terms of Grant Hamley uh, giving the player side of things, um, and essentially he he was saying that the Norwich squad are, are mostly up for it. They are sort of fine with the initial stages of returning to training, but uh, worried about the return to full contact and still needing plenty more evidence as to whether that's safe. Um, Pete, what have you made of Hamley's sort of representation of the players as? as the captain really he, he seems like he's taken that responsibility on um with with a bit of vigor well I mean if I put myself in their position I I, I
3: noticed that Darren Eady spoke about it in the um the debate last week there will be that doubt when you're asked to play um hasn't Troy Deeney come out as well and said yeah that, well, it's not safe and, and I get if I don't get paid and I've been broke before and so be it it's like the health of a lot of these people have got young children and obviously seeing families as well so that there is going to be an element of it if, if for example if we we were all told right you all got to go back to the office tomorrow how many of us will be well hang on i prefer to work from home i don't think it's safe it's whether their views are being listened to and are they being leaned on um there were a few notable absences from the bundesliga at the weekend but i wondered if that was people just saying i'd rather not play um although for Cologne's defending the, the the second goal they conceded, they were doing social distancing. If you watch it, <laughs> it just, yeah just runs through half the team and no yeah. one it. So, Is um, that when he
1: dinked the ball over the keeper?
3: No, he just he just basically ran through the middle. No <laughs> one just got out of his way. <laughs> but I saw the end of the game when they were flagging. So, it's yeah, it's I can I can see their concerns. It's and you. And this whole thing about the rebel six, well, no, it's not. They're putting the health and the lives of people first, which is what it should be. I yes. mean, the thing is, and Norwich are in that position where we were one home tie away from a Wembley appearance. We hadn't lost. We've lost Liverpool at home this year. That's it. We've beaten Man City at home. We've beaten Leicester, and you can't tell me that we would have beaten Man City in an empty stadium. That crowd that team along that day and Farker always calls it his living the, the team's living room Yeah, it's like I know we're not going to be there for a while I can't I can't imagine us being back at Coward Road this year maybe not even like the whole of next season but it's yeah it's just the, the, the players and they, they want the fans there as well but I know they can't be there it's just this whole when we've still got hundreds of people dying every day it's like think about haven't it, like it's does football really need to come back that badly? I mean, everyone watched the Bundesliga because no one's seen football for two months, but that will die off. People think, well, I've seen enough of it now. Yeah. It's yeah. It's if I was a player, <laughs> if I was a player, I'd be very much against it.
1: You make a good point about the TV as well, Pete, because I don't know about you, but I mean, I think the Premier League is a good league. But I see some fixtures and I look and it's on TV and I think, not a chance. <laughs> not
3: Halle. a chance. Oh, not Norwich, and... Norwich Burnley for the, for the neutral. <laughs> Who's going to watch that?
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. There are games you look at and think, no nah, chance. So if we're going to be absolutely blasted with live football matches for a few weeks, I, I, I wonder what the audiences are going to be like. Because I think people just get bored with it being on all the time. And then when you do see basically a crappy fixture, you'll say, no no chance yeah yeah who's going to watch as you say Norwich Burnley apart from Norwich and Burnley fans which you know it's not going to keep a broadcasting company alive is it
0: no no and there's big uh elements of that I mean by getting the season played they basically halved the rebate to broadcasters to 340 million which um, yeah. i listened to Kieran Maguire the football finance expert who's got his own podcast he was saying that uh, the majority of that would be overseas broadcasters who wouldn't particularly be interested in, in showing all the games behind closed doors they're you know only really interested in, in the big boys um, the neutral grounds largely has been kicked into touch now and um, Weber did say that that wasn't something that um, Norwich had ever specifically want uh, been opposed to but um, that's because they you know they want to play at home in front of their their fans and the Premier League seems to be working through that but an interesting element that I've heard in the last few days is that the sponsorship of course you have the advertising hoardings all around the ground and big rebates would be owed to them if there's not going to be any um you know if the eyes aren't going to be seeing those boards essentially but if you know all of Norwich's five home games were shown then you know those sponsors potentially could be happy with with what they're getting out of the deal
2: from true crime to football, Brexit to folklore. For more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com/channel/archant.
0: But things sort of moved on on Monday, didn't they, Chris? In terms of the step one of the return to training protocol, which um, <laughs> takes all the fun out of it. Um, yeah. but um so essentially we're expecting norwich back in training during this week and once testing's all sort of concluded and 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 then it's it's, it's really easing into things isn't it
1: yeah this is the, the the two weeks that they're given to um do this um training in small groups i think five is the maximum there and i i think you can just do 75 minutes for a group i think that's right and and it is that sort of uh, a waiting period to see how that works and also to make sure all the tests come back negative and that those figures that we get every day from Pete um, in our emails uh, are come down so that we know that we're going on the right path because project restart cannot be just one carte blanche restart. It has to be phased. We all understand that. Um, a phase two, I think, is then three weeks before the first game is due. I think that's right um when there would be more contact uh, in training of course you can't have a game of football without having contact this is where the crunch will be in the next two weeks where players feel comfortable whether they feel satisfied that uh, the medical experts and the numbers are, are, are all going in the right direction for them because you know when it boils down to it it's the players and the, and the management teams who are right in the front of this it's no one else you know, it's, it's the blokes who put on the boots, basically, who are really, really the guinea pigs on this. I feel awfully sorry for them because I would imagine, um, as you alluded to earlier, that, that they've got families who are thinking, do I want my husband to go out and play football? You know, yeah. because of this, it's 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 very difficult. But anyway, that's the phase of it. Yeah, Mo- Monday was a big day. As you, you say, uh, Dave, the, uh, the announcement from the Premier League, it, it turned the excitement of it possibly coming back very dull because it was such a dry awful announcement from them but yeah. that's what they're known for they it's a very odd situation the way they've handled this not in the you know the dates and things like that but just the way they're disseminating the information it's, it's very bizarre i find um, But there you go. um yeah, so we've got two weeks to wait in in the hope that everything goes smoothly. I don't think it was a, a, right, 12 o'clock Tuesday, you're all back. I think it was the case of you are now able to go back. So I think Everton said they weren't going to be back today. They'll be back tomorrow. You know, they've, they've got their plan, fine. You know,
0: yeah, so, it's, uh, it's, it's not a drastic change for them, really, is it? They, they're still essentially going to doing so, individual no. training, but they're going to be in small groups. So. Um, yeah, you know. and I think
1: that they have the rules that they have to work to, you know, yeah. that the Premier League is saying, look, do this, do it for two weeks. I noticed, by the way, I just spotted some of the, there's going to be surprise inspections at
3: grounds, yeah. Yeah. which is um,
1: quite interesting, given <laughs> that um, you are, I, you know what? <laughs> Uh, Pete, you've stolen my thunder <laughs> You've stolen my thunder I was going to say One of the inspectors is currently <laughs> Hiding in the Bielsa <laughs> but but yeah,
3: the step This step, yeah. step one's even putting players in danger Because I've seen Even Norwich City players That have obviously gone back home Abroad mm. For lockdown They've now got to get on a plane And come back to Norwich With other people So basically sitting in a metal tube Full of germs for a few hours I mean, even that's dodgy. Um, yeah,
1: I guess they may well, be. I'm not going to second-guess Norwich City, but I would think some clubs...
3: Um, oh, private Jets.
1: Yeah, they won't be having them like that. They'll, I, 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 can you imagine a certain couple of <laughs> midfielders from Manchester City popping off to Argentina and getting in cattle class <laughs> next to a mum and her crying baby waiting for their fish and sweet corn lunch, <laughs> whoever it is? <laughs> you know, I mean, it ain't going to happen. They'll be sitting
0: there with their feet up, nobody around them. The that sounds lovely.
1: Everything <laughs> on a plane seems to have fish <laughs> and that damn baby sweet corn, which I hate. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> hate but, airplanes.
0: Yeah, I mean, Dermich has been in Switzerland, Tribal, Vrancic, Leitner, even Daniel Farker. They've been back in Germany, haven't they? So um uh, they've, they've all, in, in the last week or so, I think, have been trying to get back to the country, get back in place, and now it's going to be regular testing uh, you know with these training protocols there will be extensive hygiene you know disinfecting literally the pitches the balls the uh, cones everything that they're doing there's going to be a lot of boxes they've got to tick the canteen still won't be open the changing room still won't be open so this isn't you know the, the the starting gun on on them returning to normal life it's really them easing back towards things but um it at least gives you the feeling that, that football is, is sort of on the way back but um, yeah otherwise we have had a little bit of, of transfer potential news haven't we Chris which you were dealing with back end of the last week uh, the young lad Sebastian Soto who um, Build which is obviously a massive um, newspaper in, in Germany report that Norwich are signing him this summer when he's out of contract um, he's a, an American youth international but um, he's, he's with Hanover, big things are expected but um, seems to be potentially work permit issues which are, which are holding it up but um, that sort of came out of the blue a little bit didn't it? It did um, and it
1: came a few days after there had been a, a transfer rumour about two American brothers um, who both have played or one of them certainly played in the same youth team as, as uh, Soto um, that surfaced that, that, that Norwich were interested in them but then it turns out that they're likely to uh, be signing Soto. I think that, that he was due to have played in. There, there was an agreement he would play for the U.S. senior team in two internationals in the recent in recent weeks. I think one might have been against Wales. And Holland therefore and Wales. W-
0: yeah. It was Holland and Wales, I think.
1: Okay, so he would have then uh, been eligible for a work permit. Um, they, those games didn't get to be played. He didn't get eligibility so Norwich have now got to loan him out somewhere whilst they sort it out obviously you know it's it's just a bit of bad timing but most unfortunate that nobody can um, um legislate for um somebody did ask me why he was allowed to play in Germany I think they might have just forgotten a thing called Brexit that might have something to do with it I don't know but you know that's one of the things we voted for
0: complicates Isn't things doesn't it yeah um so we'll see whether they get that ironed out um but i mean build literally reporting that it's happening so nothing confirmed Goal machine by, the
1: that lad is, by the
0: way his age levels goals. yeah well this is the one that really caught my eye uh, the under 20 world cup 2019 the top Ooh. scorer was erling braut harland uh, who's of course absolutely destroying it for borussia oh. Dortmund at the moment he is an incredible talent probably he's a, a uh, world leading player Second yeah. top scorer in that tournament was Sebastian Soto with four goals for the USA. Oh, so, yeah, he obviously has some talent. Um, the Booth brothers, who you mentioned one of them's at Bayern Munich, isn't he? The older one, I think yeah. it was Zach, yeah. is it Bayern Munich? So um, that Norwich already signed a defender who featured in the FA Youth Cup run this year. Jonathan Tompkinson, who is a very athletic centre back, um, has signed up to the same agency that Ben Godfrey is with, which is uh, which involves the Ferdinand brothers. So he could well be a talent as well. So it's it called the centre
1: backs agency then. <laughs> yeah. Um, well,
0: they're, they're, they've got some quite big names on their books. I think Harry Maguire is their their centre um, back. Yeah, so, um, they've got uh, Michael Keane as well. Everton, I think he's another one. The Murphy, <laughs> that, who, who you know, not not and so be converted. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's there's real potential, but. It, uh, that, that Norwich are looking at um, American markets. So that's that's a name to remember. Um, yeah. But I, I think transfer news at the moment, Peter, it's just sort of you take you a little bit of salt, a pinch of salt, don't you? Because who knows what the transfer market's going to look like.
3: Yeah. Um, Hanover didn't play at the weekend. I don't know if they're playing this weekend. I think if they are, there'll be a few interested Norwich City fans will watch that. But also, what happens on June the 30th with contracts if we're still playing
0: football? Yeah, it seems um, that they're happy to just allow them to get on. I think um, UEFA have given the go-ahead for clubs to extend contracts where need be. Um, you know, Stuart Weber spoke about Andre Duda and about they would need to come to an agreement with Hertha Berlin essentially. So um, uh, the the issue would be is that the Premier League clubs all have a squad that were registered at the start of February after the transfer window, weren't they? So Norwich. Um, Slightly tweaked their 25-man squad. I think Louis Thompson dropped out of it because he was on loan at MK Dons. Duda and Rup came into it, for example. So I think with those squads already being registered with the um, FIFA regulations uh, uh, restricting the amount of transfers within a season, I think uh, largely it's expected that those things will continue. If you, no, I mean, Norwich are fortunate, aren't they? That you know, Teddy isn't out of contract anymore this summer, so they haven't got any big issues uh, other than Duda. Um, but if a club had a player who was still in contention to, to start a first team game, then they could uh, extend that contract until the end of the season, uh, whatever that may be, you know, till the end of August or whatever. Um, because we're we're looking at that situation, aren't we? Where there's going to be a very short turnaround between the seasons, potentially even three weeks, um, a yeah. month, something like that. So it's it's quite literally unprecedented times, isn't it? I mean, you say about the fans not being bothered about
3: transfers, there is this danger of especially after all the hard work that especially Norwich City have done with getting back on board with the fans and being as one, there'd been a, a disconnect if we never get to go and watch these games. Mm. If it is just going to be on our TV screens, it's then going to, like, I noticed that um, Long Come Norwich are selling face masks and half the profits are going to flags. Well, when are we going to see those again? It's like, we don't want to yeah. do what they do in South Korea, but... Um, <laughs> Oh, that was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> but but eating I've it's...
1: seen a football match in South Korea and I can't tell the difference.
3: <laughs> but if, if 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 this is like another year of this, is having to feel like eventually going back to cow Road will be there'll be a pitch invasion when there's a throw in because it's been for so long. Mm. But is yeah. it going to be a trouble of like the club just going to exist on your TV screen for
0: for a while. A very good point. Yeah, that, that connection could be worn away to a certain extent, but
1: yeah, I, I I think that they'll be so eager to get back that that will soon be overcome. See your point, Pete. Maybe the casual fan might be lost, but um, no, I, I can visualize quite a few supporters who I know who will be. They'll be there for a three o'clock kickoff. They'll be there twenty-four hours ahead, so they can be the first into the ground. I was the first back. They'll be loving it. They, they, they went. That place will not be. There won't be any spare seats But even, play
3: a, even, a, a proper game. Even though like I mentioned earlier about one game away from Wembley in the FA Cup, what happens there? Is it Do they just continue the competition but a a, a smaller ground? There's no point play, playing in an empty Wembley. And Can you imagine your team <laughs> getting to the final and not being able to go? It's just.
0: Yeah, but, but imagine if you were a
1: player, you'd dream of playing in yeah. the FA Cup final at Burton. That
0: would be... <laughs> The most Norwich City thing ever, wouldn't yeah. it? Um, <laughs> yeah. just, just, to, just to follow on from all those years of not being able to go into Europe as well uh, yeah. in, in, the, in the '80s, but yeah, I, I'm, I, I've got a sneaking feeling that by the time they start the season, which you know could end up being October or something, that they that maybe will have more freedoms and it'll almost be left up to people to decide whether they want to take that risk themselves maybe in the same way that it's going to that will be there for the players to a certain extent at the moment but you know, who who knows we're, we're, we're really having to look into a crystal ball to try and guess that one aren't we but um we shall see interesting times
3: so I right thank you
0: enough to be disinfected as well if you're covering the games well that, yeah, they, they always
1: are <laughs> it, it's
0: something that you know is very much in our minds of you know being a, a little bit concerned about it but well I, I've had a conversation with somebody
1: this morning about the what we have to do about photographers and and writers going into grounds to cover games um, because I wouldn't imagine you can go in without being tested
0: exactly um, yeah, so it.
1: you know uh, there's a there's a lot of uh, stuff to be done yet even with us and, and frankly we're we're a bit part players in the bigger picture yeah um but uh for us uh, being selfish as a company it's hugely important so uh um, look um, after yourself dave Just. Be there,
0: <laughs> but it's, uh, i did mean to mention steve bruce's comments as well you know obviously former norwich player uh, Nor- newcastle manager now but he he in his quotes he was saying you know is, is football in a very sterile environment any more dangerous than us going to Tesco to do our weekly shop at the moment. And you can sort of see an element of truth to that. It's probably a bit of an oversimplification, but um, we are moving towards those things. Just to finish, on, probably should mention just in, in, in a factual sense that the Premier League has said in terms of PPE, personal protective equipment, that they, they, they have spent 38,000 on that for clubs, that they have sourced it um, with government assurance that they're not taking anything away from the NHS. There was some comments from a Premier League spokesman which most of the Nationals were carrying over the weekend um sort of insisting that all PPE was not taking away from the NHS uh, and all the testing that's in place the sort of drive-through testings in training ground car parks um that's all a sort of separate agreement as well which is a four million pound deal with a Hong Kong company which again sort of approved by the government to uh, to help football get going so um I we won't get into the, the political elements of, of PPE because I think it's difficult for for your regular person to really get a handle on what, what the true truth is there when you've got the government opposed to so many medical uh, officials sort of disputing that, that there is and there isn't enough. But um, let's not go there. We'll stick to the football, shall we? We know, we yeah, know where we are with that, sort of <laughs> Right. Thank you, chaps. Thank you very much for that. And, and thanks very much to Paul for joining us earlier in the pod as well. Um, If you don't already subscribe to the show, then then please do. And uh, any ratings or reviews are always very welcome. You can also hear us on Wednesday nights on Future Radio 107.8 FM. So if you you miss a pod, then you can always turn on your radio if you're in the car on a a Wednesday night and hear us on there as well. But for now, uh, look after yourselves. Stay safe. Um, I hope you don't have to uh, have the uh, lockdown buzz cut that me and Pete are are currently sporting. (laughs) Chris, do you think you'll be doing that anytime soon?
1: Uh, I'm desperate but the only barber in the, the in the house is absolutely refusing I had it done once and uh, she's still not forgiven me uh, I think you should go
0: for a Daniel
3: Farquhar Do it yourself Chris No nah, no nah,
1: actually you know what I'm not far off of Parker. You're
3: a Farquhar You're a bit bouffant
1: <laughs> I do have a very very lustrous head of hair yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm lucky I'm saying no more boys <laughs> <laughs> alright
0: top stuff thank you guys cheers. Very much for this cheers, thank you cheers guys. boys and look after yourselves and we'll catch it with you very soon